This is Riz Hatton with the Becker's Dental Plus DSO podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Trevor Lyons, owner dentist of Gilbert Modern Dentistry. Dr. Lyons, thank you so much for being here today. Of course. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Yeah, sure. Um, as, as you said, my name is Dr. Trevor Lines. Um, I am a, uh, a graduate of Uni University of the Pacific School of Dentistry in, in 2003. Um, I come from a dental family, actually. My dad was a dual-trained specialist oral surgeon orthodontist, and so was one of my uncles, and my other uncle was an orthodontist. So um, I graduated quite young. I was 24 when I finished up. Um, I, I had finished high school in three years, dental school in three years at UOP, college in three years. And I actually had a gap year in there where I assisted my dad um, as a surgeon. So after uh, finishing at UOP, I actually worked in pediatrics for a couple of years at a, a kind of Medicaid-based practice before doing a scratch start um, in 2006. We went from zero dollars of revenue to a million dollar run rate um, in, in less than two years. Um, and then the... the uh, not not the pandemic, but the kind of the housing crash happened, uh, and so we lost a little bit, but came back strong. Uh, ended up um, ended up topping out at about uh, one point eight million dollars um, in revenue with uh, me and an associate. Um, from there, I actually ended up selling that practice. Uh, had to had to kind of force a sale because of um, a divorce, which was very unfortunate because it was it was such a lovely it was such a lovely practice. Um, great team, great culture, great patients. Um, uh, but from there, bounced around a little bit and actually ended up at uh, Pacific Dental Services. Um, so I've been there since uh, 2018. Um, while at Pacific Dental Services, um, I became an owner doctor in 2019. And then I actually kind of on spec started an intracompany podcast that I called Working on the Platform. Um, I was able to interview many of the most successful um, owner dentists at, uh, at PDS and um, was just getting that launched in Arizona. Um, and then from there was hoping to take it to, to kind of like the, the broader organization. Um, having interviewed the, the, uh, some of the most successful owner doctors at PDS, um, I then kind of deconstructed how the platform worked when it's working well. And I built, um, something called the flywheel framework, which is a conceptual tool for alignment within the practices. Um, it was very, it was very powerful. And I was, I was really about to kind of push that out in my, in my region. Um, but when it ended up happening is I got long COVID, um, unfortunately, um, this, this spring, I got COVID in January, and then I was very, very sick between um, kind of beginning of February and um, beginning of May. And so during that time, when I, um, uh, it was mostly neurologic symptoms and and it was it was bad enough that i i thought i had multiple sclerosis at one point and i i had to really kind of reconsider what i was doing in my practice life my uh my practice at pds was all set to ramp and and really kind of blow up um and it was i was set to kind of work with uh their innovation department on on moving the podcast forward in the broader pds um but then uh i i 
like I said, I got sick. And so I uh, reimagined what I wanted to do with my life. And it turns out I don't want to be a chairside dentist. So, so right now um, I'm kind of spending my time um, thinking about how to um, move along and, and add value to the profession at, at the highest level that I can. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. What issues are you spending most of your time on today? Well, when I'm when I'm um, you know not working chairside with patients, most of my time is is spent working on a career transition. Like I mentioned, um, I uh, I think deeply about uh, culture issues and and um, you know spend a lot of time researching and and figuring out ways to um, kind of launch and ingrain the the best cultural practices at scale. Um, and there's many interesting works that have been written recently on, on those topics. Um, I, for the last few months, I've been working um, with uh, a, an entrepreneur in um, dentistry. His name's Travis Rogers with uh, Dr. DDS. And I've learned a lot in that time, um, you know, a lot about how the the startup ecosystem within dentistry is working, um, a, a lot about how the venture capital um, kind of kind of works within the industry, um, and but yeah, currently I'm just looking at uh, what avenues are open to me um, to pursue a, a career where I can um, just generate the the biggest potential impact um, on on the uh, on the industry possible you know thank you and sort of looking at the next two years how are you thinking about investments in growth um yeah it's it's a really good question um so I spend most of my time thinking about um you know how how to invest my a- attention right now you know, look, looking at what is right in front of me um, and and how to um, maximize uh, the the opportunities um, available. Um, uh, what I see, which is really fascinating, which I, I don't think is a surprise to anyone that would be listening to this podcast, but um, we're we're in the middle of this kind of giant industry consolidation. You know, where we're going from the the cottage industry that I that I grew up in and kind of launched my career in to to really really big big business. Um, so, what's the most interesting to me about that um, is that DSOs are I mean they're obviously just winning the market. They're just kind of steamrolling people, and and a lot of that has to do with just the power of the organization is is much much greater than than the power of any individual or um, you know individual dentist or practice. Um, I'm seeing them experience like so many growing pains during that time. Certainly some people are doing it very well. Um, and most people are, are trying and putting in a lot, a lot of great effort, but many people are struggling um, to, I think, I think harness the, the, the biggest uh, potential of their organizations. And a lot of that comes down to, to cultural issues and, and just uh, making sure that everyone is, is putting their, their kind of best effort in place. Um, you know, really getting the hearts and minds of the, of the uh, people that they're, that they're working with. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just spending my time kind of working my way through those issues and trying to, um, find uh 
trying to find my place there, you know. So you mentioned a bit about building that workplace culture. Um, what qualities does a good office have in terms of in terms of building a good culture? And how do you cultivate a good culture? Yeah, um, I, this is a great, a great question. I mean, the biggest indicator of a, a positive culture is the ability of the people um, within within the business to um, to give their best and to give their input and to be in an emotionally safe space. Um, Google did a a big um, study where they dissected all of their team performance and what they found is that the the only commonality between any of their highest performing teams was that they they allowed um their that emotional safety you know um yeah so um i i think what ends up happening when you create that that safe space is you move from a um a value extraction, you know, where you're, where you're like kind of getting value from your employees to what I would call a, a contribution system. So when employees feel engaged, when they believe in the mission of the company, when they believe that they're there doing good, not just, not just, you know, making money, not just putting, putting dollars on, on the schedule, but where they're actually affecting change, positive change in the lives of the people that they, that they serve, then they, they give their best um, and they contribute at the highest level possible. So I would say that those are, those are kind of two of the biggest um, key indicators of a healthy culture. The first is being uh, a, a, an emotionally safe space where people can um, question what's going on. Um, that allows them to contribute with, with their highest self. And, but the second com key component there is that they have to believe that they are um, there doing something for some doing something for something greater than themselves. Does that all make sense? Absolutely. Okay. And kind of what you're saying, it, it feels like those solutions that you offered could potentially help with um, the staffing issues that the dental industry is facing. Could you touch on that a little bit? Oh yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I mean, we're we're having you know the great resignation is happening because people don't feel engaged at work. People don't feel engaged at work because they are living in a value extraction system, right? They're they're not living in a system where where they um, they feel empowered, where they feel like they are they are part of a whole, you know, where they feel like they are valued. And, and um, when you give them just the right set of the right set of beliefs, the right set of motivations, um, it is really an antidote to, to the resignation. Now that said, um, a lot of, a lot of um, what happens in dentistry is that those, uh, those are uh, many of the dental assisting positions, particularly are very entry level positions, you know, and, and what we should be doing if we want to encourage a high performance culture within each practice is we should be encouraging those people to grow. 
You know, they're not going to be dental assistants forever. They're going to be dental assistants for a time. And we, what we need to do is set up environments where they are maximizing their time with the practice and where we have a path for them to move forward out of that entry level position and into something that is a little bit, um, you know, bigger um, and, and can maybe help them grow and help and, and help them have the career that they really want to have down the road. Um, it, it, it's very easy to do. You, you just have to spend time with your employees, asking them, you know, about their hopes and dreams a little bit, asking them about their career path, and then and then suggesting ways that they can move forward and being supportive. Um, having a supportive employer is is really really big, and and then I think that what we'll find as this um, industry consolidation continues to happen is that those employees end up going on and filling bigger roles in the organization that are then made available to them. Thank you for sharing. My, my last question for you is, what are you most excited about right now? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I'm I'm really really excited about the future of dentistry. Um, you know, having gone to Becker's Future of Dentistry conference this uh, this last week, um, there's there was a lot to talk about there. You know, and and a lot to hear. Um, one of the things that I'm most excited about um, is the kind of the next generation of practitioners, honestly. And I and I say that because I have children that are 23 and 21 years old, um, and so in the next Next four or five years, we're going to get these Gen Zers into our practices. And what is most exciting to me about Gen Zers is they are very mission driven. Um, they they really um, want to belong to to something. They want to have meaning in their work, you know. Um, and and I think that what we will see is that the organizations that um, give meaning to their employees as part of the part of the employee package are really, really going to thrive. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm very excited about med medical dental integration and what's coming. That was um, that was a topic that uh, pretty much every panel discussion touched on. Um, and definitely PDS is driving that in what I've seen in my time with them. Um, and I should say that the data is driving it. Right. Uh, study after study are coming out about the link between the the mouth and the body and the um, the many many diseases that we can help prevent our patients from having. Um, you know, we really in dentistry have have the chance to lower the disease burden and extend the longevity of the patients that we serve, and that is so exciting to me. And it's going to be very exciting to, like I said, that next generation of practitioners as well. Um, I'm excited for uh, consolidation to continue, honestly, um, and I'm excited for. Um, for what I see will eventually emerge. Uh, and this may be 20 years down the road, but I'm excited for when it happens. Um, consolidation will continue. And then what happens in, in any of these markets, um, I mean, if you look at pharmacy, you know, for, for the last 30, 40 years, there've been Walgreens, CVS, and you've got some other kind of big regionals. But I think what will happen in dentistry, as like I mentioned, happens in many, many markets over time, is you end up with kind of an oligopoly. You end up with two or three big players. And I'm really excited to 
watch that emerge. I'm excited to see um, the creation of these brands that have such an impact in the health and wellness of um, their employees and um, patients and patients' lives over time. Um, very excited about the eventual introduction of robotics and, and AI in dentistry. Uh, very excited about that because I've been practicing for almost 20 years now, and I see what good dentistry means versus what bad dentistry means and, and the impact that it has on, on patients and their health. Um, and what it will happen with robotics and AI is just a raising of the standard of care in the industry. Um, and what that means is that it will raise the health of a nation. And that's, that is so powerfully exciting to me. Um, I'm also very excited about alternatives to the current payer models that are going to be emerging over the next 10 years. Um, and just excited to see the startups that come. Um, I believe there will be several unicorns that are built within dentistry in, in the next um, decade um, and, and really excited to watch it all unfold. Well, Dr. Lyons, thank you so much for your fascinating insights today. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. All right. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you for the time. I really appreciate it.